Welcome to the Mojo Rising podcast, where I, Julie Stevens, reveal the most powerful ways to make cancer suck less. I was diagnosed on June 14th, 2022 with stage four aggressive, inoperable, and chemo-resistant colon cancer with a 14% chance of survival. By using data and the very best of conventional and traditional healing to guide my holistic approach, I was able to fully heal my stage four colon cancer in nine months. If I would have followed the standard of care offered by most American oncologists, I would be dead. I created this podcast to share everything I've learned to help you have the most enjoyable, efficient, and effective healing journey possible. If you or someone you care about is a newly diagnosed cancer patient, this is the podcast for you. For more information and to access the resources we've built for patients to make cancer suck less, please go to mojohealth.org and become a member of the Mojo Movement. Now it's time to get your Mojo Rising. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining this episode of Mojo Rising. It's a really important one and something that no one really talks about, and it's how to ensure your financial wellness after diagnosis. We all know that there's doctors out there to help us make sure we reduce our cancer burden. You certainly have heard from Oscar, who's going to help build that body up and make sure you're prepared for any conventional treatment. But what you might not know is that cancer impacts much more than just your body and oftentimes is a major factor when you think about how do you keep a roof over your head or or what, how are you going to feed your children. So I've brought some, some really exciting experts to help us today. And I'm just going to take a quick minute to introduce the first one. Um, and her she is very near and dear to my heart. She's a very dear friend and is actually one of the very first people who came to visit me after I was released from the hospital and surgery. And she helped inspire some different thinking. She handed me a variety of different books um, that I could consider using to help build my strategy outside of a conventional approach and helped ins inspire me to think holistically around the types of herbs I was taking or the food I was eating. And so I couldn't be more excited to introduce you to my dear friend, Lauren. So Lauren, would you share a little bit about yourself? Hi, Julie. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, Julie and I, we've spent a lot of special moments. It's been a weird last year. It's been a great last year. Um, Currently, though, I am a I'm an account manager at Marsh. I work with Cole and Ashley, who you'll meet in a second. And I basically um, service group benefits daily and um, just kind of giving a high overview of what we're doing now. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. Cole, you would you me. share a little bit about your background? Yeah, thanks for having me, Julie. Uh, Cole Lumpkin, employee benefits consultant, broker with Marsh McLean Agency. I've been with Marsh, uh, with MMA, as we're known, for about six years now. And uh, Lauren and I, we worked with small to medium-sized groups from two employees to 250 is kind of our sweet spot. And we advise the owner, HR, CEO, CFO on the um, benefits that they need to offer. We help them broker the deal at their renewal time, at their effective date, and we work with carrier reps like Ashley and One America to help us do that. And so, um, you know, I really enjoy my job helping people and um, yeah, just love what I do. So thanks for having us. So glad for you to be here. Now, Ashley, would you share a little bit about your expertise? Yeah. Hey guys. Hey, Julie. Thanks for having me. Um, I am Ashley Scott. I'm a senior sales rep with One America Employee Benefits. Um, I've been in the industry about 21 years working with brokers and consultants like Lauren and Cole um, to provide financial wellness products um, to employers for 
financial protection, life and disability, so that they can take care of their employees, that their employees are financially supported um, during life's uncertain moments. So happy to be here today. We're so grateful. And and I truly have assembled a, a, a panel of experts to really help us with this conversation. So let's just start to dig in. And the first question is like, how do you know what you've got? So what what how do you know what benefits could be offered through your employer? How would you help guide us? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, number one, the most important um, you know, question that you should be asking as an employee or potential employee during the interview process is what benefits are offered. When I'm looking at a company trying to decide, you know, whether it's a good fit for me, I'm looking to see what kind of benefits they offer. Are they employer paid? So are you offering medical, dental, vision, life, disability? Um, again, like what what do you offer? So you know, obviously during the interview process is the best time to kind of ask that question and to kind of get that started. Um, but then, you know, kind of like changing gears a little bit to an active employee that's kind of unsure um, about what's offered. And number one, they need to know when their effective date is and their renewal date. Um, that's obviously a very important um, thing to know. Um, the second thing is, when is the open enrollment period? Um so the reason that those questions are important is because it's the, it's the employer's responsibility to educate their employees on what's offered, when it's offered, and how it's offered. And that's kind of where we step in as the, as the you know, employer benefits broker, the employer advocate, the employee advocate, if you will. Um, you know, again, we work with the employer groups to offer a comprehensive benefit package to include medical, dental, vision, life, and disability. And so part of what Lauren and I do, we go to the medical carriers, we send RFPs out to all the medical carriers, dental carriers, vision, life, disability carriers to find the best deal for that employer to offer to the employees. Once we provide that recommendation, it's up to the employer to decide what to offer. At that point in time, that's when me and my team, we get together and Lauren's a big part of this. We uh, create open enrollment materials to include an employee benefit guide and to include a enrollment team to help offer and educate the benefits. So the employee benefit guide is a summary of all the benefits offered, um, whether they're employee paid or employer paid and what the cost per pay period is. Um, and so, you know, from the enrollment team standpoint, which Lauren and I do help with from time to time, but mainly we do, you know, we rely on our team to help us educate the employees on what's offered. So a lot of employees during the open enrollment process are kind of scared or nervous to ask questions in a group setting. Um, and so it's very important that the employer allowed enrollment team educators, counselors, benefit counselors to come in and to sit down with each employee and to, and to you know, talk to them about what's offered, summarize the benefits, and then open it up to any questions that they might have. Because again, you know, questions are are hard to come by in a group setting. Um, they might be embarrassing for the employee. You never know. So that's why it's very important to do the one-on-one -on -one counseling with the employees during the open enrollment window. Absolutely. So if you have not been through an open enrollment window, it's probably an indicator you may not have these sorts of benefits. So go ahead and reach out to your HR team um, and ask them these questions. But those open enrollment periods are really important to make sure you dial in the specific benefits for you and your family. 
Now, what happens if you opted out or didn't register or didn't take the time during the open enrollment period? What do you do if you don't have these benefits already? So, um, Julie, unfortunately, you can't buy or apply for disability insurance if you've had a recent diagnosis or undergoing cancer treatment. So there are kind of rules against insuring people with pre-existing conditions that, you know, kind of exist to protect insurance companies from buying a policy after usually like a 12-month exclusionary period uh, for a condition that you've been being treated for. And it's kind of like having car insurance and not having car insurance and then trying to buy it after you've been in an accident to pay for it, like after the fact. So um, it's meant to be preventative. And that's why it's really important to pay attention at open enrollment when you're, you know, newly hired and really opt into the plan to start the clock ticking. For sure. So can you share a little bit more about, um, like, what is the value of disability insurance or coverage? Yeah, great question. Um, so disability insurance, in my opinion, is really the most important benefit after your medical. So simply stated, it's really paycheck insurance. So disability benefits provide um, you as an employee with income when you can't work. If you're in an accident or you're ill, you know, you only have so many sick days or vacation days. And, um, you know, you, you kind of run out of those days. So what do you do? How do you feed your family? How do you go about life? And there's um, a lot of statistics out there. You know, one in three workers entering the workforce today will become disabled before retirement. And then, um, you know, 90% of those disabilities are caused by illnesses like cancer. And I, I think you had some stats too, right, Julie, about um, the cancer stats actually. I sure do. And in fact, what you're saying, I think is really interesting because I would say that's more of a retroactive data view. The data I'm collecting is that the cancer rates are actually increasing. So I actually expect what you just said to get become even more important in the future because we're seeing uh, data from the American Cancer Society that the average male has a one in five risk of dying from cancer and the female has a one in six risk of dying from cancer, let alone a one in three risk of, of developing cancer. So I think what the data you're sharing is true, and it's only going to get exponentially bigger unless we do something about this cancer epidemic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on top of that, you know, two out of three bankruptcies stem from medical bills. And so even people that have health insurance can really face financial uncertainty if they experience a serious illness. I mean, the average out-of-pocket costs are almost $18,000 for, you know, a serious illness. So you know, that disability insurance, you know, really protects you um, and gives you that financial protection during a disabling event um, or an illness. So it's really, really important to think about. I always tell people, you know, buy the disability insurance. Don't, you know, the dental is le less, uh, less important. So <laughs> I, I can say, you know, from my experience, when you mentioned 18,000, I think I at least spent double that last year. So I can appreciate how that is the average it is not the maximum and it is not like the more you want to invest in this, there's not a lot that's covered by insurance. So you do need to have the additional funds so that you have the options of how you're going to invest in your future health. So 
Can you talk a little bit about, because um, from my memory, when, you know, when I was go going through this last summer, um, there are different types of disability insurance. Um, can you explain to us just the two different types of disability? Sure. So there's what's called short-term disability um, and long-term disability. So short-term disability or STD can protect your income if you're unable to work in a short period of time due to an injury and illness, or if you have a birth of a child. So Typically, this starts after seven days or a week of being out, not working, um, or two weeks. And it pays you um, weekly for either up to three months or six months, depending on what your policy is. So it's not to be confused with workers' compensation. Workers' comp is a benefit available if you were to be injured on the job. The short-term disability is if you have an illness or an accident off the job um, and it pays you for those kind of three or six months increments. And then there's what's called long-term disability, which is a separate product, and it's designed to protect an employee's income if they're out of work for an extended period of time. So that's one more serious injury or illness. Uh, most cancers do run into a long-term disability period, and they can actually pay you for up until your retirement age or 65. So um, really good long-term protection there. If you know uh, you do have the opportunity, highly encourage you know you to purchase or be covered for both. When you think about these disabilities, does it cover you where you get the same paycheck, or what? How does that work, or what's the percentage paid? Yeah, great question. So disability does pay a percentage of your pre-disability earnings. So it's typically around 60%, um, 60 to 66 and two thirds. And depending on what your policy is, that can be a voluntary policy where you get payroll deducted for the product and then have a tax-free benefit, or your employer might provide the benefits um, on behalf of um, the employees so that, you know, the benefits would be taken care of. And those can be either tax-free um, or taxable benefits, depending on, on what your group's policy is. Okay. And what about if you work for a smaller employer or um, you haven't been there a full year? What, 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 what rights do you have? Yeah, that's a great question. So along with disability, um, You'll, you'll find that, or you may have heard of FMLA or the Family and Medical Leave Act. So this is actually a federal law that provides job protected leave from work for qualifying uh, medical reasons and uh, family care reasons. So it does require continuation of your group health benefits and job protection if you um, we're under the same conditions of, of not, you know, having to take leave. So it can be unpaid or used at the same time as the employers providing your disability leave. And if if you work for an employer, a private employer that has 50 or more eligible employees, uh, they do have to comply and give you FMLA rights. If you work for a public entity, such as a public school system, a municipality, a city government, you are eligible to take FMLA as well. So again, that's an ability to take 12 weeks, um, 12 work weeks in a 12 month period all at once. Um, or a lot of employees, and we see a lot of our cancer patients taking this on an intermittent basis. So, you know, perhaps they're going through chemotherapy or another therapy, you know, they don't have to take the leave all in one chunk. They could work part time. And I think you took advantage of that, um, Julie, during your your event. 
I sure did. So I actually took seven weeks off after my surgery. And I laughed because you would think I was kind of eating bonbons and chilling out watching Netflix. But the truth of it was I used every single moment of that to do the research I needed to do to create my holistic health healing strategy. So I was watching YouTubes and on Facebook groups and and doing research and reading books. So I was constantly using the seven weeks. But my employer was kind enough to also give me some additional days around my infusions. So I actually took three days off for each infusion. The first day was for the infusion. The second day, frankly, was because I was tired. And then I would run through and see all of my holistic health team on that third day to make sure I was making sure my limbs were moving and seeing the chiropractor and doing acupuncture so that I could avoid all those side effects. So I used my days so that I could break that up over the rest of my infusion um, calendar to make sure I could I could feed my, my strategy and do all the things I needed to do. So luckily I was able to both um, use the short-term disability as well as break that out over my infusion cycle as well which was great. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Beyond disability, what other options should our listeners be aware of to help secure that financial wellness? Um, so ancillary benefits are broken up into two, two categories, two groups, traditional worksite coverages, and then additional worksite supplemental coverages. So the traditional ancillary coverages are dental vision to coincide with the basic life and disability. Um, that includes STD and LTD. The second, the second set is supplemental insurance, and that includes accidental, hospital, critical illness, and cancer. Um, the critical illness coverage can be a, a combined cancer benefit with a rider attached to it, or it can be separate. It's up to, you know, to the group, to the broker, to kind of uh, decide on how they want that to be offered. Um, and so, you know, in my opinion, out of those coverages, out of the out of the supplemental coverages, the hospital indemnity is the most important to me, in my opinion, to offer and to take from a supplemental standpoint, because you're more likely to get paid in the event anything would happen for a hospital stay, um, you know, for an accident, for a critical illness, or for cancer. Um, now, touching on cancer just a little bit to kind of you know, talk about your situation. So um, with cancer, with critical illness, um, it helps, you know, obviously if you have those insurance policies, what that does is it helps the employee kind of, you know, pay the bill. It helps the employee um, not come out of pocket for their medical bills. And so how does that happen? Well, if you have a treatment, if you're, you know, inpatient, outpatient for a treatment, depending on what that treatment is, depending on the time period that you're in there for, um, you get paid a benefit um, for that. And so you could get paid a lump sum benefit or you could get paid um, incremental benefits. It just depends on how it's offered and how that policy is set up, again, by the employer and by the broker. Um, so part of our job is to help the employer decide on what to offer and how to offer it. Um, and so, you know, if you're with Aflac, Colonial, those are the two big players in the supplemental insurance game. Um, we work with those guys to 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 offer those policies. And if you are with the Aflac or or Colonial, then you get paid out in a few different ways. But the payout can be from, you know, it can take as long as 48 hours to 72 hours, or it could take seven to 10 business days. Simply what you have to do is very simple process, very easy. Um, you just take a picture. 
of your invoice, your medical records, and you can scan that picture in, you can submit it to their app. Um, and literally within days, you file the claim, they send you cash and put that cash into your direct deposit bank account. Um, so it's very easy. So me and my family, we're, you know, obviously I'm in the, I'm in the insurance game. And so we're, we are a little bit overinsured, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So um, anytime I go to, you know, even touching on dentist visits, vision, if you have an x-ray, if you, anytime you go to the doctor, you can submit that bill and get your, and you can request your medical records for dental vision, accident, hospital, critical illness, cancer, whatever that might be. And they will pay you um, for that visit up to a certain amount of time. So let's say that you have all those coverages, dental vision, accident, hospital, critical illness, then you can get up to six to eight payments just for visits each year. Um, so those are called wellness, wellness visits and wellness payments is what that is. Um, so yeah, I mean, hope that kind of helps, you know, the listeners understand what can be offered and what's important to look at when trying to decide on what to take from an employee standpoint. And then beyond disability and the supplemental insurance, are there any other benefits that someone could tap into in this situation? Yeah, Julie, so there's a program called Employee Assistance or an EAP that most employers should have access to, but a lot of employees do not utilize. It's basically a wraparound wellness and mental health support program that gives employees access to counseling and work-life services. So these services are really proven to reduce stress, absenteeism, and increase workplace productivity. And if you think about us living in this post-COVID world, someone who's not even going through a, a serious medical issue, you know, 40% of Americans these days are, you know, struggling with some sort of mental, you know, health issue. So Having the ability to tap into this free employee assistance program really can give you a variety of counseling supports, resources, and just the ability to get some kind of some personal help when you're going through the crisis. So make sure you're asking your HR about it. EAP, do we have an EAP? How do I access it? Because there's a lot you can do for free um, through that program. Okay, great. Okay, now let's say, you know, um, we were just diagnosed and you're trying to figure out options. What's the typical process to get enrolled in short-term disability or to enact it? Yeah, sure. So hopefully you will have elected it during your initial enrollment period or your annual enrollment time. And if you do have the benefit, you've had it for a year or so um, and you're ready to use it, typically you're going to you're going to contact HR and you're going to make your request in writing and understand also the policies that go around the short term disability. So, you know, how long do I wait until my benefits start? Do I want to receive a check? or a wire transfer. Um, typically there is some paperwork required by your employer just to verify your job status. And then also some paperwork you would give to your doctor for them to substantiate your disability claim and provide some medical records. Um, you'd wanna make your request in writing. So if you're also gonna be taking an FMLA leave, you can report that typically telephonically or in writing. And you know you have some documentation that goes along with that as well. But really the first 
step is to notify your manager and the HR department, and they'll walk you through the process. Um, typically, short-term disability claims are paid out within three to five days, and they're paid weekly. And then if your benefit is going to go into a long-term disability benefit, they kind of started early intervention where, you know, we work with the employee to let them know the benefit's going to be transitioning to, um, you know, the long-term team. And that benefit is typically paid on a monthly basis. So um, that's kind of how it works. It's a very easy process. And um, a lot of claims examiners, insurance companies are, are really trained to be empathetic during this process, they know that these employees and claimants are going through a hard um, medical crisis and, you know, really designed to make it easy for them as they uh, work through getting their benefits. And if memory serves, I think there was a little bit of gap between when um, this the the short-term disability actually kicked in. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? Yep. So typically it starts about seven days. It depends on, again, what your employer policy has. It can be anything from, you know, a week to two weeks before the benefits kick in. So typically um, an employee might use sick time or vacation time if they're not able to work um, to sort of, you know, fill in those gaps before their, their, um, benefit starts. Okay, great. Now let's talk a little bit about something that most people probably don't have top of mind right now. What if we wanted to switch jobs or what if we got a, the job offer of our dreams? Is it even possible to consider that? Are there any options for someone to actually move companies after they've started treatment? Yeah. So from a medical standpoint, um, the employee does have options. Um, number one, when you leave a company, depending on the size of the company, COBRA can be offered or state continuation coverage. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that because that's a whole different animal for another day. And we could probably spend a whole episode on COBRA coverages. Um, now, you know, so depending on whether they elect COBRA or, or state continuation, the employee can um, transfer their deductible and their out-of-pocket maximum over from one plan to the next. Now, obviously, depending on their current company's plan design, rates, um, deductible, out-of-pocket maximum versus what the new company's rates, out-of-pocket maximum, deductible would be, the amount that the uh, employee exposure could be could be a little bit more or a little bit less depending on those amounts. But there is no worry at all for that employee. They're going to have coverage no matter what. They're going to be able to receive treatment and they're going to be able to get their benefits uh, just like they would with their current employer if they were to change jobs. Um, now, if you want to talk about disability, I'll turn that over to Ashley so, so she can explain a little bit about, you know, how that works. That's just a little bit different than medical. Sure. Again, if you are looking at changing jobs while you're out, you want to, again, understand the provisions of your policies. So there is what's called a portability feature on some policies. Again, not every carrier has this feature, but in essence, if you do have portability, you can take that coverage with you. And then I always recommend if you are evaluating a new opportunity to ask to see the benefits package to understand what they offer. Um, not all employers offer disability insurance or a full comprehensive suite of benefits. And that can actually be a leveraging tool. I have a lot of prospects that come to me and say, hey, you know, we really wanted to hire this key employee, but we didn't offer 
disability insurance. So, you know, we need to put a plan, a product in place um, quickly so that we can get this employee on board. Um, so you'd be surprised at how many employers don't offer it. So ask the question, use it as a leveraging tool and make sure you really understand and ask to see the benefit offerings. Um, another thing you can do is also ask to waive the waiting period, um, again, as a leveraging uh, point as well. Um, some employers, you know, might be willing to do that as well, depending on, you know, how bad they want the employee. So again, just understand what your options are, ask the question, and uh, read the fine print is my suggestion. <laughs> I think this is an important point. So this is, I'm going to put my industrial psychologist hat on now. Most people, when they apply for a job and there's a bunch of different people they need to meet with or questions they've got to answer, assessments they've got to complete, they think of that as a pain. My brain thinks of that as that's an organization that's willing to invest energy, time, and resources to make sure they have the best employees. It's the same thing as all the things you've just discussed and, 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 and shared with us. If an employer doesn't have benefits beyond short-term disability and long-term disability, that benefits package isn't as robust as other options you can get on the market. So it may be better to look for bigger employers or to compare benefits to benefits. Do not, do not, do not just look at how much you're going to be paid because benefits are really a huge part of your total rewards package. So it's really important to look past that number to look at what sits behind the hood when you're making a, a job employment uh, decision. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is considering benefits or, or debating whether we should opt in or not opt in? Talk to us a little bit about some of the advice you'd provide. Um, recently? Yeah. And so part of what, part of what we get this a lot, like a lot. So I have employees contact me, especially for small companies um, all the time. They'll contact me when they're, um, you know, being interviewed by uh, the company or or actually the the owner or the HR person will contact me and say, hey, we have a candidate who's really interested in joining our company, but they, you know, are very hesitant to join because the benefits package is not what it needs to be or not what they want it to be. And so that could be anything from, you know, the medical not being, um, you know, the, the employer contribution could be very minimal uh, or could not be what that employee is used to, to kind of having. Um, but really, most importantly, what I get more than more than than most and a lot is, you know, becoming pretty common. Um, groups don't offer disability as an employer pay product a lot of the time. Again, that depends on the size, small group, medium group, large group. But, you know, a lot of these smaller groups don't offer disability as an employer paid coverage. And so these these, you know, key employees that they're trying to hire to grow their company. And to, you know, get it to where they want to be, they want, the employees want an employer paid STD or LTD product to, you know, have the opportunity to, to take as a benefit. And so um, that's very important um, this day and age. Absolutely. And what else, so, actually, would you offer any, any advices to someone who's looking for, looking at benefits and considering whether they're opting in or opting out? Yeah, I would just encourage you to always opt into disability insurance. Um, you know, again, I think it's the most important benefit after your medical. It is your paycheck protection. You know, we insure our cars, you know, our houses, our health, and even our cell phones, you know. 
Um, but we don't often think about ensuring our paycheck and the ability to, you know, earn a wage and to make an income is your most important asset. So if you are offered the opportunity to purchase that disability insurance, please, please, please consider it. It really could, you know, um, make or break your family if you had a, you know, disabling event or a major health crisis or an accident. You just never know these days. And the statistics are there that said it's very likely for all of us. So making sure you're adequately protected, um, your income is protected, and being financially well is, you know, just really um, a good way to have that foundational uh, protection. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that there is a provision like if you join immediately as you join an organization, you're opted in kind of regardless of what you carry with you. But there can be some speed bumps if you decide to opt in at a later date. Is that accurate? Correct. It depends on uh, what carrier you are with. So if you decide to decline the coverage during your initial eligibility or initial enrollment, um, you could be considered what's called a late entrant. And depending on what the carrier, what carrier you are with, uh, you could potentially have to provide proof of good health, also called evidence of insurability. Um, if you don't have a plan, you know, with One America, we do allow sort of an annual entry so you don't have to prove good health, but most carriers do sort of penalize that employee if um, they do opt out late. So again, make sure you understand your provisions, the product, the carrier that you're with. And if you do have that opportunity, I always say it's good to, you know, Get the clock ticking. There's a pre-existing condition limitation on disability plans uh, for the most part in general that uh, really kind of restricts you for about 12 months if you do have a pre-existing condition and want to file within the first year of having the coverage. But after that 12 months, you can be completely covered for, for the benefits. So if you do have a pre-existing condition, you do have cancer, go ahead, opt into the plan, Get the clock ticking on that 12 months so that you can be adequately covered, you know, if your condition worsens or, you know, you really need it on down the line. Okay. Thank you so much, Ashley. Mm -hmm. Okay, Cole, I'm about to come to you and I've got one final question for you. And it is why should someone work with Marsh instead of another organization? So can you share a little bit about what your differentiators are? Sure, Julie. <laughs> um Number one, we are an industry leader um, in employee benefits. Um, you know, we can work with groups as small as two employees all the way up to, you know, 2,000 employees. Um, we offer, offer a compre comprehensive benefit package to include, you know, medical, dental, vision, life, disability, as well as the supplemental insurance policies that we can offer. Um, one thing that I always tell groups when I'm talking to them is we want to be your you know, your, your, your employee benefits broker to advocate on your behalf for anything and everything that you can possibly think of. All we want you to do is just pay the bill. Allow us to help with claims reconciliation, billing reconciliation, um, advocate on your behalf and on your employee's behalf with the carriers when trying to negotiate rates. Um, we offer benchmarking. We offer enrollment strategies, you know, call centers, in-person, um, you know, you name it, we can offer it. So, we um, are very hands-on with our approach. We're very, you know, customer service oriented. If we don't get back to you within a few hours um, of a request, then, you know, um, 
something could be wrong because we usually get back in a very short time frame. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we're, <laughs> we set the precedent to get back to our, you know, our employees and our and our groups in a very short time frame to let them know that we're working on their behalf. So again, all we want you guys to do, if you're listening out there, everybody, all we want you to do is just pay the bill, allow us, Cole Lumpkin, as your employee benefits broker to advocate on your behalf and to do everything that you can possibly think of from an employee benefit standpoint. Um, I'm going to negotiate till you know till the very end for you. So um, yeah, so I'd love to help you. You know, um, I think Julie has my contact. There we go. Julie has my contact information. There's my email address, my cell phone number. You can text me or call me anytime. And I'm me and Lauren and my team are here to help you. Um, the last thing I want to say is we do have a dedicated enrollment team um, that, that all they do every day, all day are, are new hires, terminations and changes. So that's kind of a differentiator in, you know, in the industry as well. So thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Lauren, Cole and Ashley, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so grateful for each of you for bestowing your wisdom on our listeners. We know that when you're um, diagnosed with cancer, you have the attention span of a gnat and you live in fear because you're not sure how you can provide for your family and provide for your home, make sure you have a roof over your head and food in your stomach. So you're helping us make sure that people have those basic necessities met. And I couldn't be more grateful for you. So thank you so much for joining us. Certainly, please reach out if you have any questions. Um, as you can see, it's cole.lumpkin at marshmma.com. Um, reach out to Cole, Lauren, or Ashley or I, if you have anything else that we can help answer. And of course, if you have any other podcast topics that you'd like for us to hit, please reach out to info at mojohealth.org. So from the bottom of my heart, Lauren, Cole, and Ashley, thank you so much for the knowledge bombs you've dropped on us today. Wish everyone a very healthy and happy and joyous day. And please tune in and rate us five stars when you listen. Thanks so much. Take care all. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Disclaimer, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Mojo Health Cooperative, LLC, a Georgia limited liability company, its respective officers, directors, employees, agents, or representatives. This podcast is presented by Mojo Health Cooperative and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without consent. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only and not intended to supplant the expert advice and or consultation of a medical doctor and or a licensed physician and or an attorney. In short, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice nor legal advice. The Mojo Health name and all forms and abbreviation are the property of its owner and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. Again, none of the content of this podcast should be considered legal advice nor medical advice. As always, consult a lawyer and or a licensed physician in lieu of relying upon the advice of any of the participants of this podcast. The hosts or hosts of this podcast are not licensed lawyers, physicians, doctors of osteopath, nor medical doctors in any jurisdiction anywhere. The hosts of this podcast do not practice medicine and do not profess to be able to do any of the following. One, diagnose, heal, treat, prevent, prescribe, or removing any physical, mental, or emotional ailment or supposed ailment of any individual. Two, engage in the end of human pregnancy. Three, treat human ailments, nor four, perform acupuncture. Mojo Health Cooperative LLC is not responsible for any loss damages or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast thank you so much for joining us today if you enjoyed the ideas shared here please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review on itunes and spotify please share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from the knowledge bomb we just dropped on you you can find short video clips of the best moments from this episode at mojohealth.org and on facebook instagram tiktok and youtube at mojohealth.org for more information and to access the resources we've built for patients to make cancer suck less please go to mojohealth.org and become a member of the Mojo Movement. Thanks everyone for listening and we hope this episode has got your Mojo rising.